Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two, season four of the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is Jonathan Faduba, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Steve Wiss. And of course, as everybody knows at the moment, the football world is in a bit of a state of flux, as is the world in general, um, with, with the developments that we will talk about in this show. But first of all, Steve, my man, how are you? How is everything? I'm doing okay. Um, I'm fitting well for now. Hopefully it will stay that way. Um, obviously, these are quite dark times really in general, aren't they? And uh, I'm wishing everyone the best out there. Um, but uh, for now, I'm staying safe and uh, I hope you are too, my friend. Yes, thank you for that. And uh, yes, of course, to all our followers and listeners, we hope you are staying well as well. Uh, of course, uh, as everybody knows, the developments in the last two or uh, well, last week or so have been quite significant with the spread of coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 um, around Europe, and it's had a significant impact on well the world in general, really, um, but also football, which is what we're here to discuss, and the Norwegian and Swedish leagues in particular. So we'll be discussing the impact on those respective leagues and what's happening to the season um in the two leagues and obviously we'll talk about it from a wider point of view as well um but yeah of course the first thing we can do is wish everybody who follows us well follow the respective guidelines of course um get yourself some social distancing um there's not going to be much football on for the next few months so it's going to be a challenging time for all of us but um yeah follow the guidelines wash your hands all that kind of thing you know keep away from people no coughing that kind of thing and self-isolate if you need to so yeah but um let's move on to the football side of it Stephen. we'll start there that's the best place to start uh, obviously this has a significant impact on our leagues as was announced today for anyone listening um or paying attention to the news uh, euro 2020 has officially been cancelled uh, or postponed to 2021 so the summer tournament will not be happening now uefa's flagship tournament that's been moved and that will have an impact on the domestic leagues around Europe because they can now uh, push into the summer. So obviously Norway and Sweden are kind of summer leagues anyway, but uh, what's been the impact in Norway? Well, um, the Norwegian Football Association acted quite quickly um, here and uh, Norway itself uh, got, went down into sort of lockdown or stricter measures quite early um, on. I think there was only a few cases in the country when they've decided to take action, unlike certain ones um, across Europe. Um, but um, yeah, the Norwegian FA have decided to delay the start of the Elitis Arena until the 2nd of May. Um, and no one is going to be allowed to train together um, until 31st of March at the earliest. So obviously that is the plan of action. Um, I mean, I would say personally, it, is semi-realistic perhaps you know if a country gets itself into a safe position by the 2nd of May perhaps it could happen depends doesn't it there's a lot of different question marks out there but um, you know I think they've um, they've got a clear plan in place and I think the rest is pretty much out of their control isn't it they're in in the hands of a virus really so um, that's the Norwegian um, plan of action so far I mean I don't know what you think of that well, difficult to comment. I mean, uh, you know, we did say on this podcast we're going to try not to uh, rant too much about the UK response to this um, 
you know, life-threatening virus. Um, you know, we do have our own thoughts, and we've been discussing them, haven't we, um, off air? But uh, yeah, we're going to try not to not to rant too much. And um, but yeah, it's obviously quite worrying for everybody, really, uh, in society and wider society. So um, yeah, football does take a back seat, but of course, this is a football podcast, and it does affect our own plans. Uh, which is why we're here to sort of explain to you maybe our plans uh, in the next few months as well, which we'll come to later. But yeah, I mean, that, that sounds reasonable to me. Um, it's obviously better to be safe than sorry. So um, yeah, I think um, I think the Scandinavian response from that point of view compared to certain other countries has been, uh, has, appears to be reasonable anyway. Well, the border between um, Norway and Sweden is um, currently close, which is pretty much a first isn't it for quite some time and um it interests me that um it appears to be there's maybe a different approach from sweden or a slightly different approach from a footballing point of view what's the story in the suite in uh, in the Svenskan? yes of course this is an issue that's affected uh, every league around the world really most world leagues have, 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 have at least suspended or shut down um for the foreseeable future and it's no different in Sweden. Of course, we're in the off-season. We were on episode one, looking very much forward to the start of the leagues at the beginning of April. And everything around our plan was geared towards that April start date. But uh, that's changed now, hasn't it? Said. And we will not be seeing, uh, it looks, any Osvenskan football until July. Um, the league has been postponed. Uh, they're still debating exactly what date it will commence. Um, but we do believe it will be July has uh, been mooted. Obviously, we have the Swedish Cup quarterfinals, Svenska Kuppen, which was supposed to take place uh, the weekend just gone. Um, those games were cancelled, suspended um, indefinitely, and we don't know when exactly they're going to be played, which is a bit of a shame because there were some really tasty clashes there in that last eight, and it looked really well set up for a nice uh, run to the final with um, some big teams involved. But yeah, you can forget that now, and that, that falls down the list of priorities in life, I suppose. Um, in terms of the general response, it's been a bit strange in Sweden, a bit curious. Um, the Svenska Elite Football, uh, which is like the kind of um, league association, has said that it's up to the teams themselves to decide what to do when it comes to training. So some clubs can train and some clubs have decided not to train. Uh, there was a curious example. There was, in fact, today, uh, on the day of this recording, there was a a game took place between Kalmar and Odebro, a friendly, pre-season friendly. So um, that was quite strange. It was played out in behind closed doors with uh, no fans. And one of the players of Kalmar came out afterwards and really was a bit critical of the decision to play it, essentially saying he has no idea why this game is taking place now when every other league in the world is kind of closed down. Uh, but the game went ahead and it's at the discretion of teams to decide what to do with training. Um, but in terms of the wider picture, the government has banned, uh, Swedish government has banned meetings of more than 500 people. So that affects attendances and that means that there can't be any cup games, that kind of thing. So official matches will not take place. Um, but yeah, training is still permitted. There's been different responses in, from the point of view of the Scandinavian response. So Soren Reeks at Malmo was an interesting example, the uh, Dane. He said, over here, they say that we should listen to science a little bit more rather than the government making all the decisions. Uh, that's probably the biggest difference between Denmark and Sweden. So he had a few words about the different response between Denmark and Sweden, which was uh, an interesting point 
there and obviously uh, science be government, who knows, uh, pick your side. But uh, yeah, training's still happening, as I said, the Malmo CEO came out and says he thinks it will be fine to play a condensed season with um, regular midweek fixtures from July to December. I think um, that is the one thing we do have to say, that um, if there is too much of a delay uh, getting back to football, these, the Scandinavian leagues cannot play in, in the winter. They can get to a certain stage for sort of mid-December onwards. It's just not feasible, is it? So that will be a bridge to cross if it is an issue going forward. But um, I would personally just like to say, before we move on to submit uh, a bit more uh, up-tempo, um, that uh, I wish everyone the best that, that listens to us on, on, on this podcast here. Stay safe and um, hopefully we can all come through the other side. But um, going back to the Danish response there, that uh, sorry, not the Danish response, in terms of the actual uh, dates specifically of the Arsvenskan, um what uh, have you got to say there, John? Yeah, and just a final point, really, uh, before we move on on that. Um, yeah, essentially, in terms of the Swedish response, there's no desire for games to be played behind closed doors. I think that's the one thing everyone's unanimous on in the league. Um, it's been moved to start the season behind closed doors, as it has in other leagues, but that's been ruled out. Um, obviously, bear in mind, it's only a 30-game season, as it is in your league as well, which is slightly different. You know, the international calendar is so packed, isn't it? So condensed and maybe a period like this makes us realise and step back and realise the burden on players as well. But um, it's a little bit lighter of scheduling in Sweden and there's a feeling that they could play sort of, you know, you could play Sunday, Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday from July till November, December, early December. But there's also uh, some whispers about the fact that some people are not happy about that because attendance figures might go down. You know, there's research perhaps to suggest that too many midweek fixtures uh, leads to lesser attendance because people maybe don't have the money for it or don't have the time, that kind of thing. So it's all being discussed. There's a one interesting point with Ostersons, which is they are, well, it seems to never end for Ostersons, their problems, doesn't it, in terms of finances. Um, they had sort of announced new sponsors and all that kind of thing, but now they're saying they might have some liquidity problems if, if the league can't start quicker. And it was even mooted that basically there's a, a deadline for a team to replace them should they not be able to have the cash flow to start the season. And obviously, Ike Braga uh, from the lower division were put in the league before then, weren't they, before being replaced when Ostersons had their appeal. It's now being said that the deadline basically for a new team to join the Elsvenskan is, is already too late. It came, the deadline was in March. So as it stands, if Ostersons for any reason didn't have the cash flow to start the season, uh, it would be a 15-team Svenskan, rather than have a team replace them because the deadline is too late. So there's a little bit of talk about that as well, but yeah, it's uncertain times. Um, and yeah, we'll just have to wait and, you know, hopefully football will return soon. And um, in that meantime, everyone just has to keep safe and, you know, I'm going to be social distancing and uh, staying away from all you lot um, <laughs> for a while. But uh, yeah, I'm going to be creating my bunker and, 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 you know, let's just all get through it and, and, and stay safe. And, and we all have, a, a, I think, a social responsibility uh, I don't want to be too bleak here, but in terms of, I think we do all have a social responsibility to mention where even if you're not affected by it, you can spread it very quickly yourself. So I think we all do have a kind of responsibility to really take it seriously um, and minimise social contact to try and reduce the spread. So 
yeah, I'd like to echo what you said as well, Steve, wishing everybody who's listening to this show and who follows us uh, all the best. And, you know, let's try and get through this as a, as a, as a society and as a human race and come out of it stronger, hopefully. Yeah, very well said, actually, Jonathan, I must say. Um, I completely echo um, those thoughts there. And, um, yeah, I think uh, if everyone uses their, their common sense and um, and follows the, the a lot of the guidelines set uh, and measures set by uh, their respective countries, then, um, you know, we can get through this together. So, uh, yeah, that's coronavirus for you. Um, it's put things... Uh, into perspective hasn't it in terms of life as a whole but we're going to move on from that we're um, a football podcast after all so let's talk about football and um, in the previous episode there was a uh, a good player in focus feature we did on Dino Islamovic which um, was pretty popular we got some good feedback from that and we're going to do another one here um, actually it was a request of someone uh, to talk about uh, Alexander Sutherland who um, has moved from Rosenborg to uh, Hecken we're kind of focusing on that um, interleague uh, transfers at the moment, aren't we? So, um, Alexander Sutherland, Rosenborg um, to uh, Hecken. Uh, was this a surprising transfer to you, Jonathan, or not? Well, yes, uh, you said that it was mentioned by someone. It was none other than the legendary Jimmy Schlichting, Nordic football podcast uh, champion of fantasy. Of course. Um, of fantasy, I believe. Yeah, so Mr. Schlisting is a, a big Hacken fan, I believe, and he yeah, he raised it. So uh, if you're listening, Jimmy, thanks for your uh, comment there, and we are going to talk about your man now. Uh, yes, he signed a two-year deal, Alexander Sutherland, with Bickle Hacken uh, as a 32-year-old, and I know you're going to delve into him uh, in terms of his statistics and data, Steve, having uh, having followed him for quite a while at Rosenborg and, and, and previously. But yeah, just to go over the um, terms of the deal, he's there for a two-year two contract. Uh, Hecken are in a situation where they do need a new player uh, up front. They've, they've, they've brought in a few new signings in, in attack. Uh, and it does look as if he could be their main man this season. So um, with Paulino leaving for Hammerby. So Steve, I suppose the question for you is, can he be their main man? I think so, definitely. Uh, I rate Alexander Söderlund. He um, is what you call a complete striker. Um, genuine number nine out there. But uh, unlike specific ones who are like poachers or more of a target men, deep line forwards or whatever you want to call them. Um, yeah, I would. he's got all the tools. He's that complete uh, rounded striker who can score with both feet. He's good in the air, got good strength, uh, good technique. And, um, you know, he's got a good proven record in the Elite Assyrian. And, um, you know, what these days we're thinking, well, what's the best league out of the two of them? Well, really, there's not a lot in it, is there? Um, they're both quite similar. So if, if he can deliver the goods in Norway, he can do the same in Sweden for me. Um, his history, just briefly, uh, Holgersson was the club where he kind of made a name for himself, scored a lot of goals, got a move to Rosenborg, um, scored a lot of goals again. And then he got a big move to France, to Saint-Étienne, uh, to Liga. And um, whilst he wasn't a complete flop, he's two or three years there, he probably didn't go quite as well as he would have wanted. So, um, but I think, um, you know, he proved himself to be a com competent striker in France, probably better than some people would have given him credit for. Um, statistics here, and these are from our partners, uh, Scout. I uh, just want to talk about last year in particular in the Elitist area. 
uh, 0.32 expected goals per 90 minutes and uh, his return was 0.33. So he lived up to expectations. Uh, strong shots on target rate, 44.7%, uh, which is good. And if you look historically across the board, he, he generally is over the 40% mark uh, every season, apart from um, one um, in, uh, in 2018, but actually that year. He um, outdid his uh, expected goals. So statistically, he's quite solid in, in that sense. He tends to have quite a lot of touches in the box. Um, his last season in Norway before he went to France, 4.8 touches in the box average per match. So he does have quite a lot of good statistics line up there. Um, away from the stats, I think he's got good, uh, I say good attributes that can work well with Hecken. And I'm interested to see how he's going to fit in at that club. Very interesting, yeah. And I mean, in terms of the uh, the deal itself, um, when it was announced, Sonny Carlson, Hackness, Hacken Sports uh, Director, who we've had on the podcast, so you can dig back into the archives uh, at Nordic Footpod or on iTunes uh, or Libsyn or Spotify and, and, and flick through. It was a couple of seasons ago now. We had Sonny Carlson on the show, and he said about Sutherland, thanks to this recruitment, we have four very offensive players. And Sutherland himself said, I am here to fight for medals this season, and I hope we can do that. It is a club that wants to build and takes new steps. Being on such a journey fits me very well. So there is, you know, I think this is a sense that, you know, this there's a sense that it's a good fit for both parties in a way. Uh, he seems like quite a high-profile player. He said, I hope I have shown that I can settle and determine important matches, and I hope to be able to do this in Hecken. He played 118 games for Rosenborg. Uh, scoring 55 goals, and he's a 1-metre, 87-centimetres uh, tall Norwegian striker. As I mentioned, he's 32. Um, Steve, I mean, we talked about Dino Islamovic on episode one last week, uh, who's obviously gone from you know Norway, uh, sorry, Sweden to Norway, and now we've got one going from Norway to Sweden. And obviously, these players in focus for now are going to be focused on into league transfers uh, while we're in preseason, so we will continue to do these um, in the coming weeks. Is he better than Dino Zamovic, in your opinion? Um, and also, how big is he reputation-wise in, in Norway? Because my understanding from listening to you talk about him over the last few years is he's quite a big name in, in, in Elite Serien and at Rosenborg in general. Is he a big character, or um, you know, was he overshadowed a bit? How, how big is this transfer from Hacken's point of view? And, as I say, is he bigger than? Is he better than Islamovic? Uh, I would personally say he is better than Islamovic. Uh, that's a personal opinion. Definitely a big character, and a very high-profile player domestically. Um, you know, he's never really fully kicked on at the international stage, uh, but he's had quite a few caps for Norway, I do believe, bordering the thirty mark, something like that. But um, yeah, big character, big move, and. Um, He's always got something to say for himself, you know. I think if, when you watch his matches for Hecken, you know, he'll be giving it plenty to the referee, to the rest of the uh, opposition, things like that. Um, and, um, yeah, I think he's a big asset, actually. If he, I think I think he was actually at the stage of his career where he, he wanted a new challenge sort of thing, a uh, new direction maybe. Um, I don't think he enjoyed it under Eric Hornland last year at Rosenborg particularly. Um, the system that Hornland had there was four three three with wingers uh, on both sides, and um, 
you know, crosses were coming in, but kind of aimlessly, really. I think he's better when the balls are coming in, um, not just from the wings, but also through the centre. He's a good runner through the middle. So if, if I can have got some sort of midfield playmakers from deep line playmaker position, um, he can latch on, onto that. Um, I say good three-dimensional player up front for them, really. Um, so Lundy will be good for the dressing room too, I think. Uh, he's won things. He's won trophies at Rosenborg, probably three titles maybe, probably a couple of Norwegian Cups in there as well. He's got good European experience and his record in Europe is good, 43% uh, shots on target in Europe and a good uh, in terms of expected goals, 0.26 per uh, 90 and uh, a return of 0.37. So in European matches, a lot of those are big high-profile matches, remember. And... Um, he, he, he actually performed well in some big matches in, in, in France too. He scored the winning goal in the derby against Lyon, um, which was a big result for the Saint-Étienne fans at that point. Um, first win at home against Lyon in like 20 years. So, yeah, good character. I, I'm really intrigued about the actual tactical setup of Hecken because I know nothing about that. Uh, you know better than me there. Um, the formations, the manager, and um, what sort of uh, new system he'll be looking to fit in there at Hecken. Yeah, his wife is also on Instagram, so uh, you know everyone these days is on Instagram, isn't it? And sometimes when you Google players, their wife's like the first result, which is always a bit, a bit strange. Um, but yeah, uh, as I mentioned, yeah, thirty-two caps. Just to answer you on that, on that, on that point. In terms of Hacken, yeah, I think it's interesting what you say about him um, being a, a dressing room character because they do need a character in their squad. I think that's one of the areas that I feel Hacken lack. I don't think they're the most. Uh, vocal or mature squad in the sense of i always feel like when they come to the big games they're a little bit easy they're a bit they're kind of pushovers really um europa league tie against az alkmaar they were just brushed aside like flies um there's been derbies i think ef core beat them 4-1 last season in, in the derby they just destroyed it. i know they had hacken went hacken had about two years or so where they were had the better of ef core but uh they took a beating in a, in a recent derby and i think I, I kind of sometimes point to it and think then, you know, they're not really, you can get out of them type thing. They're a bit weak, uh, a bit like maybe Arsenal back in the day when they were, you know, when they had, um, you know, lots of Pires and that. They were, although that was a great team, don't get me wrong. They were a team that kind of, there was always that theory that you could kick them out of a game, wasn't it? And I, I sometimes feel that with Bickelhack and that's what maybe they need to go to the next level. So characters is what they need. Um, They've had a lot of recruitment in this window up front. So they've put in two new strikers. Uh, there's another player as well called Yasser Tuaminen, uh, who's won two league titles with Bate Borisov and has now returned to Scandinavia as a Finnish international, 24 years old. Um, they've also still got Victor Lundberg and Gustav Nilsson. But both of those are kind of, you know, Nilsson's been around the blocks. He got his first goal for them in the last game of last season, but he's, you know, not, not pulled up trees. Lundberg, that Lundberg averages one goal every four games, career average. So um, I think Tuamin and, and Sutherland will be the main two strikers. I could see Sutherland playing maybe off uh, Tuamin, who can also play as a right winger. So I could see Tuamin maybe on the right-hand side or as an inside inverted forward, maybe as on the left side, cutting in. Uh, with Daleho Irendust. Um, so they could play two up front. Uh, they could play maybe three, you know, four, three, three with uh, Tuamin and then Irendust supporting, or they could play Irendust as a 10, um, supporting the two strikers. So they have options now, which is which is good. 
and I think they need that. And obviously, let's bear in mind, Steve, they've lost big players in, in uh, the last two windows. Paulinho, obviously, the legendary Paulinho, one of their best ever players, it must be said. He has left Hissingen and will be now moving to Hammerby. So that is a big blow, I think, even though he's 33 now, you know, it's, it's still a loss uh, in terms of his character and what he brought in terms of quality. And then they've obviously also lost um, Yeremiev, Alexander Yeremiev, who left uh, for the Bundesliga Zwei, um in the previous window. So they've had a few players leaving the club in forward areas. So they did need something. And I think Sudler maybe brings that. So, yeah, it's interesting to hear your thoughts there. Um, so your positive will be a good signing then before we wrap it up. Definitely. I, I predict he will score 15 goals at least if the, wow. if the whole season goes ahead. Yeah, he's a clinical finisher. Uh, you'll get chances at heck and the, the sort of team that usually create a lot of opportunities, aren't they? So, um, yeah, if he stays fit and he's generally got a good record keeping on the field um, and the season, uh, as I say, is, goes ahead and uh, is, a, is a full-length one, yeah. 15 goals for me, I think, there. So, um yeah, I hope um, everyone enjoys the, uh, the that analysis there on Alexander Söderlund, who uh, I personally think he'll go very well at uh, Hecken. So moving on to um, a bit of transfer news now um, and a player you wanted, wanted to talk about. At, uh, um, A-Core have been in the market and they've signed someone called Paulos Abraham from Brummapoikana. And you've got a few things to say about this transfer, haven't you, John? Well, there's not been too much uh, transfer business in Sweden, um, but, you know, due to obviously the coronavirus issues, uh, transfers have sort of taken a back seat. And I think there was even one sporting director who came out recently and said he's not not that bothered about transfers. And you know, he, there's been some talk about moving the transfer window back as well. Uh, obviously, if the, league, if the league's not starting till July, then everything's going to have to be rescheduled. Uh, so yeah, there's been light. It's been kind of light on news, but obviously things are still continuing. Um, before we get onto that, we've just had a live comment, haven't we? Uh, from a guy called Yellow Hand uh, on Alexander Söderlund, who has said that he thinks he'll be a flop uh, and he's happy he's left RBK. So thank you for your comment there, Yellow Hands. That's that's a first, I think, isn't it, Steve? Of Nordic football yeah, podcast. Yeah. It's, uh, on the uh, on the live stream here. Thank you very much for your comment, uh, Yellow Hand. Appreciate that. Yeah, and anyone who wants to leave their own comment in terms of uh, what you think about Sutherland or um, our players in focus, who should be the next folk player in focus, who who can we look at next? Um, follow us on Twitter at Nordic Footpod or on uh, Facebook Nordic Football Podcast, uh, and obviously subscribe on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your pods. Um, but yeah, sorry, going back to Paulos Abraham. So yeah, this is a, a deal. There's not been many deals, as I say, in the last couple of weeks. Um, since this coronavirus issue. But this is quite a big one. Uh, AIK doing some transfer business, finally. They have needed some fresh blood. They've got a bit of an ageing forward line. Um, you know, they've got the likes of Pendant Goitam now going into another season. He's 35. The veteran, the legend, uh, he will be there. And they've got a few others, but obviously they've had some departures. Tarek El-Yunusi, Chinadu Abassi have gone. Uh, they've got Sig Torsen, obviously, and Stefan Silva, but they're both, you know, pushing 30 now. So it was a much-needed bit of transfer business for Oikor, bringing in uh, Paulos Abraham from uh, a place 
that I went to visit not too long ago, and I'm glad I got that visit in uh, six weeks ago because uh, I wouldn't be able to fly now, would I? But uh, yeah, uh, they got it from Bromopoikana, which is a place I visited in, in preseason. And so I do have a perspective on him because I saw him play in, in preseason game against Ossesons. So, I mean, this player, um, Abraham, what would you say are his big uh, qualities, skills that he can bring to Acor um, down well, now and then in the future? I know he's still young, so, you know, it's more a lot of potential, but uh, what big weapons has he got for them? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a young player, so this is not someone we can, you, you can hang your hat on and say, oh, it's going to be game-changing for Oyeko in terms of the season as a whole. They're still going to need more business, in, in my opinion. They can't, you can't hang your hat on this player. But he is very, very highly considered in, uh, at BP, uh, an academy youngster. As I mentioned on the last show, Romapoy can have a fantastic academy, arguably one of the best in world football, uh, not just Europe. So, you know, that's how good their academy is, I think. Um, and this is another one off the production line, to be honest. Uh, it's it's rumoured that Feyenoord watched him and were maybe looking at him and so Oikor decided to sneak in. Uh, picked him up for a relatively small fee. And yeah, he, in terms of what kind of player he is, he's a pacey player, he's a, a wide man. Um, depends where they're playing because he's kind of more of a, a winger, really. Plays in the pocket, uh, pacey, quick, um, bright ideas, you know, young, full of energy and also quite mature for his you know for a 17 year old in terms of how he plays on the field but it depends how Oiko are going to approach this because if they play in a 3-5-2 then he's not really a wing back to date so um you know it's hard to say where he would fit in maybe in the team in that sense but yeah i know for a fact that he he's really well thought of a big p and there's a, there's a sense that he could go into big things uh if he can improve and i think Oiko in general are quite happy with the deal and fans also seem to be happy because um, this is a Stockholm boy, and he's come through, um, you know, the academy in Stockholm now from BP, and uh, he's crossing that blue, blue, blue metro line which we've talked about. And uh, we had a good chat with a uh, a friend of the pod at, at Oiko Report who gave us some insights into the uh, blue metro line and the significance uh, of players like um, this player Abraham to Oiko who wants to be a club known for developing young tap young talents so in terms of the financials of this deal then have they uh, broken the bank for him or they got him for a relatively small fee i mean I, I hate to say it but it's often these clubs that develop young talent get ripped off so i'm hoping that bp have got something decent here but i suspect they maybe haven't well it's not a uh, it's been a bit i wouldn't say controversial but it's not been well too well received at bp behind the scenes from what i'm uh, aware um, from the from the information I know that you know that they want to have how the deal is conducted maybe but they've got him for quite a small fee or you call picked him up for I think a, around a hundred grand or less um, in terms of pounds so you know about a million SEK roughly or so but maybe a little bit over that so yeah it's um they've got a bit of a bargain I think in terms of the initial outlay but uh, from what I understand there's there's potential clauses in the deal that could make it fairly uh, lucrative if he does go into bigger things, which you know, considering he's been linked with Feyenoord already, you, you'd imagine if he develops um, in the way that people think uh, that he could do that. I mean, yeah, as I say, the reason they're not happy, I think they perhaps wanted him to stay a bit longer, felt his development might be 
better served at, at BP and he was obviously pushing for their first team, you know, already. So the question will be, can he get first team football at Oi Core, uh, which will be a challenge for any 17-year-old. But it's happened, obviously, recently with Jack Lane, uh, the player who eventually went to Amiens in France. You know, he broke through as a very young player and it has happened in the past. So, you know, it could be done. I think, you know, from the point of view of the transfer itself, um, Abraham said, this is a big club, extra big for me, as I am from the blue metro line. I have followed AIK since I was little, and it is an honour for me to play for the same club as my role model, Robin Quison. So um, he will wear the number 14 shirt, and he brings another sort of attacking option, really. Uh, people consider him as one of Stockholm's biggest players, biggest talents, and so, you know, the fact that he's from that blue metro line, as I mentioned, I think he's from Pusby area, which is a, you know, I'm not going to say deprived, but it's maybe a lesser economically developed area in terms of income. Uh, so this is kind of like Oikor, you know, you have to remember they're kind of like the Hollywood club, really, of, of Swedish football to a certain extent, uh, certainly in Stockholm. Um, so, you know, this is kind of like a kid realising his dream, really, in, in many ways, a kid from the other side of the tracks. So there is a kind of romantic story behind it and uh, in that sense. But, uh, yeah, it's not, not, not too much of an outlay there, Steve, and uh, time will tell if BP can maybe pick up some extra clauses as, as time goes on. Yeah, it sounds to me like the only real question is in two or three years' time, which Belgian club he ends up going to. Uh, uh, which Belgian club he ends up going to and playing five games. Before my, he's on, my money's on Ghent. <laughs> There's always someone that Belgian... Belgium teams just nick uh, players from uh, Sweden all day long, don't they? It's ridiculous. So. You cynic, you, you cynic. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a player to keep your eye on, actually. Paulos Abraham um, at A-Core. So, uh, all right, well, we're coming towards the end of this podcast now, but we're going to have to talk about what is next for the Nordic Football Podcast, um, because obviously these are unprecedented times. Uh, we were ready for the start of the season. Uh, that's been taken away, but the show must go on, obviously. And uh, that's the title episode um for this particular edition and uh well what is next then for nordic football podcast john what is next for steve wiss what is next for jonathan for duba so uh i know you've got a few things in the in the pipeline that you're going to talk about what we're going to talk about so um jump ahead yeah i think it's important i mean one of the reasons we're doing this podcast you may, you may be thinking you know why are we um why we're we doing it when the leagues are essentially on hold uh, we wanted to just talk to you a little bit and, you know, it's kind of like a public service announcement, I suppose, and just to inform you of our plans, let you know that we will continue to um, be around for you and we're not going anywhere, um, although we'll be locking ourselves up in our bunkers and uh, wearing our masks, we we will still be here for you as a podcast and obviously we are the number one place for Norwegian and Swedish football, um, so We'll be around. We'll be sticking around. We'll have some bonus content that we'll be bringing you. Uh, there will be a lack of football going on. So we do have a few new ideas coming. Um, obviously, we have Elite Serian Fantasy, which we'll still be plotting. Steve, you've got a few ideas there, haven't you, I think? Mm. Um, I don't know if you want to elaborate on them a little bit now or if you want to keep yeah, yeah. yeah. Obviously, um, until we get a confirmed schedule, then there's not a lot we can do um, in terms of specifics that way. But what I can do is talk about each team, the players, um, each club, the prices, who looks a bit of value, 
who, who doesn't obviously it's not so easy now that pre-season friendlies are not going to be taking place this was going to be a crucial time right now we were going to see pretty much what the final starting lineups were going to be um the beginning of the season for teams so we're, we kind of go back in the dark a bit don't we but you know the players themselves don't really change um their ability do they so i can i definitely will be looking to produce a number of videos within the next few weeks uh, maybe not quite initially straight away but um as things progress then um yeah elite Serian fantasy keep your eye out i think it's gonna be really popular this year um if if the season certainly if the season goes ahead um on schedule so uh, you can look out for plenty of, uh, of those sort of content with me and regarding yourself i do believe you have a bit of a personal um uh, thing you're going to be doing and uh i'm going to ask you here who is jonathan dr borgson well that is the question that is going to be on everyone's lips uh in the coming weeks because yes uh, i'm happy to well i suppose it's an announcement of sorts but i've been talking to obviously there's not going to be any football for the next few months probably and who knows what's going to happen in, in, in these times so everything's really hard to forecast uh, and i thought to myself well you know when there's no football maybe we can create some of our own so um what i have done is i've gone back and revived sort of uh, brought back to life brought fresh life to an old fm save that i have uh, in sweden uh, as manager of orgrita uh, jonathan jotterborgsen he's a, he's a journeyman manager who um, had a modest career and found himself uh, as manager of Orgrita in the Superettan uh, with a dream in his, well, with a, a few a few kroner in his pocket and the dream of taking Orgrita to the elite, uh, to the Osvenskan. Uh, Couldn't take them to the elite Serie, and that would be very weird. But um, yeah, his dream was to take them to Osvenskan, and I've started a football manager save, essentially, um, which will be recording and streaming to YouTube. Uh, and so you'll be able to follow the adventures of Jonathan Jota Borgson on Just Football uh, or on the Nordic Football Podcast as well. So if you check out the Just Football YouTube channel, the first episode is there for you to to watch. Um, I'll have to apologise for the audio quality in advance because obviously it was the first pilot episode and uh, we will be picking up a bit more equipment. But I wanted to get straight into it and introduce you to the team. We've had three seasons already and we're about to enter the 2020 season, first year in Osvenskan. So uh, that will be something that you'll hopefully enjoy in the coming weeks and months um, following that and seeing how Mr. Jotterborgsen can get on. Can he guide Orgolita to glory? Uh, he's actually been offered a couple of jobs, so um, I know, Steve, you watched it. But uh, first, before we you know, talk about that side of it, I just want to also thank the Northman, uh, Paul, the, the Northman. He's the one who <clears throat> I know is a regular listener to the show and he's been on the podcast um, living out in Norway. He was the person who gave me the inspiration this to be honest because um in my idle hours with no football i uh, i was delving into his youtube videos and i must say i was really impressed and really enjoyed them um he had a save with blythe spartans in england which i found really good and i'm sure you can go and check that out at the Northman. so yeah i mean i have to say uh, i was talking to him a little bit and he gave me a few ideas and yeah you are the uh, inspiration behind it mr northman so thank you very much and i hope i can live up to your amazing game but uh, yeah Anyone who's interested in Football Manager and wants to follow the adventures of Mr. Jota Borgson, I plan to be streaming some of the games on Twitch at times and also 
Um, there'll be YouTube episodes just sort of following the, the progress of the player. But um, Steve, I know you had a little watch of it. What were your thoughts for the pilot episode? Yeah, I mean, it was a good, good start, really. I thought, um, you know, it's uh, there's a, like you said, there's a lot of good uh, football manager YouTube channels out there, and uh, you know, I think there's going to be plenty of content, and everyone's got uh, their own different story, haven't they? So I'm really uh, intrigued to to follow your own story there, and uh, I do know from the video itself, you had a bit of a dilemma whether you were going to stay at Orgarita uh, or potentially move to a different club, uh, Twa or. Uh, uh, Nack Breda. So, um, in my personal opinion, I think you should stay at Orgolita uh, for at least one season, and then maybe a bigger club might come knocking on your door. I mean, this is we're talking Nordic football podcast here, aren't we? We've got to keep it in Scandinavia, you know. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, and and you know, um, I might be um, sort of um, inspired by your, your own self there to do some of my own football manager stuff on uh, on a YouTube channel of my own or Twitch down the line and uh, potentially me and you could even collaborate in a game imagine taking imagine that meet man soccer against jf football in a football manager game that would be interesting wouldn't it <laughs> bragging rights would be yeah there so uh yeah, yeah what happens, so, what happens, i mean uh yeah essentially uh, we would be interested to hear your own ideas as well anyone who's listening regular listeners if there's ways we can things we can do we have access to y scout we've got a treasure trove of information um, that we can delve into the world of data uh, around our leagues. So any ideas you might have for what we can do to fill the void in these coming months, we're, we're very interested to hear it. But um, one thing's for sure, we are a creative uh, duo, I believe. And, you know, as I mentioned, we are the number one place for um, Norway and Sweden. So I, I do believe, Steve, that even though there's no football going on, we will have some creativity about us and uh, come up with some interesting ideas and original ideas as well. So, uh, yeah, I hope you do enjoy the uh, Football Manager Save um, and following the adventures of Mr. Jutta Borgson. And, yeah, I'd be keen to see how it goes and maybe move on to FM 2020 at some point with yourself, um, Steve. But, yeah, before we, before we obviously leave it there, I mean, like I say, you can follow us at Twitter at NordicFootPod. We'll be having some um, – we'll be posting all the links to the various content that we do produce there. So that's a good place to follow. And, obviously, subscribe to us on uh, iTunes – um, the YouTube channel as well, Nordic Football Podcast and, and Just Football, uh, and obviously a Facebook, we're, we're there too. But um, before we sort of leave as well, I wanted to briefly mention the Patreon. Uh, we'll be reviving the Patreon this season uh, for 2020. Uh, we plan to talk about it anyway, but now the league's not going on. We, you know, we, um, we would like to sort of mention it now. So uh, we, we had it a few seasons ago. We had some great support from uh, some people who we really thank and um, continue to thank to this day. We're bringing it back for 2020. So if you Patreon is a sort of um, subscription service where we will be producing sort of extra bonus content around various things. We'll be bringing you Elite Serian uh, exclusive tips, exclusive um, analysis as well. If there's anything you'd like us to, to do, then just let us know. But um, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast. And if you do feel like we're worthy of your support this season, um, you can contribute for anything as little as three dollars a month so it's, it's pennies really but it would um obviously help us to continue the show and continue the content and and bring you bring you even more of it so we'd really appreciate it if you do like um the show um even if it's not yourself maybe you can spread the word and pass it to someone else and share it um and subscribe and share the podcast in general um just to spread the word and hopefully uh, we can raise more awareness and continue going in these months where we don't know exactly 
what's going to be happening from a football point of view. Yeah, these are uncertain times and we would appreciate um, the support of uh, anyone uh, on Patreon there and uh, there will be extra content um, that you'll be able to get by uh, becoming a Patreon down the line. So uh, please take a look if you uh, feel like doing so. So, uh, well, that's pretty much it for this uh, uh, episode, isn't it, John? Uh, is there anything else to mention? Yeah, just to find a point on that Patreon, we do have different tiers now because we had last season the... Uh... Well, in two seasons ago when we ran it, we had the Yondal Thomason tier, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer tier, and the Zlatan Ibrahimovic tier. And two of those two of those moved into management pretty quickly. Yondal Thomason at Malmo and Solskjaer at Manchester United. And Zlatan Ibrahimovic now is a joint owner of uh, Hammerby. So um, we've revised the tiers. We've got an Erling Braut Haaland tier now, which you can check out. So, yeah, see who you want to identify with and who you want to, if you, if you are interested in contributing check it out patreon.com slash nordic football podcast and yeah in the weeks to come we will have some bonus content there for anyone who does join uh but yeah no that's really it uh, from us i think as i mentioned you know it's up to everyone to take their own responsibility in terms of the, the you know, certain times ahead but i'm optimistic we'll come out of it better in a better place and uh, as long as we can survive at hd so yeah keep yourself social distancing uh keep yourself healthy and well and safe and um i wish you all the best out there to anyone who's listening to this show and you know it's going to be a different experience for everyone in the next few months with no football but uh we're going to do our utmost to help you get through it as well with our podcasts and our shows so we remain at your disposal to bring you the greatest content we can and that's a commitment that we will continue to uphold even if there are no actual games so uh thanks for joining us as always i hope you enjoyed this episode and yeah, any questions, of course, you can address them to our, uh, our Twitter account or Facebook. Hey, Steve. Yeah. Um, keep listening to the Nordic Football Podcast for some uh, great content. And uh, thanks for listening uh, for this particular episode. Uh, wishing everyone the best, uh, like you said there, John. And uh, we'll see you again very soon. So goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>